I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Hello and welcome to the COB. It is the 24th of November. We are a month away from Christmas. Hard to believe it. I'm Nadine Blaney here with Scuddy. How is the day, Scuddy? G'day, Nadine. Uh, get the eggnog ready. So uh, Christmas <laughs> is just around the corner. So um, it was a bumper day again. So yeah, uh, yeah. fresh nine-month highs again. And, yeah. Uh, banks leading the charge high and again. It was a particularly strong day, I've got to say, for the banks, especially when you put it on top of the gains that they've seen recently. But, you know, ANZ up by 3.5%. Westpac up by 3%. NAB up by 3%. Talk about a rally in the banks. Talk about a, a rotation, Scuddy. Is this rotation set to continue? It seems to be the question that we're asking everyone. Yeah, I would have thought with the banks that a lot of this were being priced in. Like I've been feeling pretty optimistic about the, uh, the domestic outlook for a while now. And uh, as many of our guests have pointed out, rightfully so, that uh, banks are really a microcosm of what's going on with the broader economy. So you put, uh, know what's going on, you put the vaccine news overnight from AstraZeneca, which is, to be honest, a vaccine that I think a lot more people might feel comfortable taking, given it's, it's more traditional in nature. Um, and I'm not surprised you're going to see those cyclical names once again up and about. You know, energy stocks as well, huge day. Uh, also, travel stocks. Now, there were a few minor exceptions, but uh, no, no, likes of uh, no, no, Qantas and, and others are really having strong performances today. Lots of optimism continuing to go and flow through. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that you're seeing the web jets of the world, you know, the, um, the travel centers of the world, Qantas doing really, really well. But then you don't see some of the infrastructure assets, the ones that many, many advisors have been saying were the real bargains a short time ago, because, of course, we will see international travel rebounding. We will see, uh, you know, people hitting the skies once again, inevitably, and they're still in very strong positions and they've got assets backing them. Uh, Macquarie, or sorry, JP Morgan, for one, saying that investors are too optimistic about the pace of recovery at Sydney Airport. Traffic has plunged more than 90 percent it is bearish on sydney airport and says that that lockdown that we've seen in south australia shows how random outbreaks of the virus are really still a risk to domestic travel but i feel like i'm being too negative on a day that we have learned that the queensland border to new south wales will open but it's something that i did bring up um with Warren Hogan, actually, earlier today, we saw it reflected in the consumer confidence read from ANZ. Yes, it's a volatile read. It's weekly, of course. But I think when you see consumer confidence pulling back sharply, um, vision of your, your current finances, your view on your current finances pulling back sharply because of that lockdown in South Australia, which, if we're realistic, did not impact you know, that many people across Australia, it just goes to show how vulnerable I think we still do feel um, and how fragile this recovery still really is. I mean, I, I don't want to take anything away from it, but, um, you know, there's still a lot that we need to get through between now and when, when that vaccine comes to fruition, when 
life gets back to normal. Well, the state premiers have done their darndest to go and, and still fear in everyone about what's going on. So uh, I'm not surprised that when you lock down at a whim, uh, that the people start getting a bit concerned. So uh, I think Stephen Marshall, if he had his time again, probably would have gone and done things a little bit different way. Um, but this is the, this is the real life consequence. I've talked about this numerous times, and in and in, in you've had to sit there and listen to me go and talk about it as well. So I won't go on. But hang on, every word, Scotty. No, but this is this is this is the real life consequences of these decisions that are made. Like, let's be honest. Like, if you have faith in your trace and track teams, as we've had here in New South Wales and other parts of the country, there is absolutely no reason why you shouldn't be opening your borders right now. I I cannot understand why the Queensland border is not being opened immediately. Uh, the threshold was being met. And I honestly believe it. I uh, know it's almost as if it comes across as like, well, we want more virus cases so we can keep the borders shut. That's the cynic in me is saying that's potentially what it could be. That's pretty cynical. Um, and Gladys, Gladys Berejiklian, a New South Wales Premier. I don't know. We're going to leave that one there. What we do know, though, Scuddy, is that the states are willing to spend big. We had that Victorian budget announced, huge spending on infrastructure, huge deficit as well. Uh, but we had a chat with Martin Crabb, CIO at Sean Partners, and he was nominating some of the, yeah, the infrastructure leveraged names as potential places that you could invest to win on this thematic. He says all of these companies are trading on mid to low teen PE ratios, about half of that of the market. And he nominated Downer, Sim. Actually, I'm not going to give it all away. You can access that interview on our website or via the app. Don't think it made into the newsletter today, but we've got a number of great interviews that you can listen just by clicking on the show notes, one of which was Brickworks. So things going really, really well. Again, here in Australia, uh, positive in the first quarter, all earnings ahead of the first quarter of FY20, despite those COVID headwinds in North America, which is pretty incredible. Yes, its US business has been impacted, but again, we get further housing data out tonight, Scotty, and... You know, housing has just been such a strong, uh, just a, a really, I mean, I'm sure we're going to be studying it for quite some time, how housing has benefited from this pandemic. Yes, I think it's made a lot of people uh, have egg on their face. I think myself included, I'll put myself in that list, but I don't blame myself and I don't blame others who I know said that there are obvious downside risks to property market. And let's be honest, they probably still are. But I think the key difference this time, and the policymakers learned from what happened back in the GSE, that uh, when a real crisis envelops, you don't muck around. You go and support the economy. You throw money at the economy to go and keep people in work and keep people with income flowing through the economy. And that's the key difference this time. You throw in the fact that we can't go and do everything that we normally do in the past that involves money. I'm not surprised to see those really strong gains out there. We heard from the RBA Assistant Governor Guy DeBell today talking more positively about the markets. Uh, I shouldn't say the markets, about the economy going forward. Um, but I guess it was a Freudian slip there because what we continue to learn and continue to know is that central banks around the globe, doesn't matter if there is a wobble out there, isn't there? They'll still, still throw money at it, won't they, Scotty? Got your backs. We've got everyone's backs out there. So, now particularly the Federal Reserve, we know that the, uh, the Fed is essentially the world's central bank. So, it's the, uh, the cost of uh, money globally. And uh, we've seen time and again that when uh, you know, equity markets go and stumble, uh, the Fed rides in like a you know, white knight on a horse um, with sackfuls of cash and then throws it at the market. Uh, so one of those things that um, they've been dogging a few people, and you talked about what was going on with some of the uh, the REITs today, the infrastructure names at Sydney Airport and the like, which are renowned bond proxies. 
And one thing that a lot of investors are starting to get concerned about is quite a backup in longer dated bond yields um, to, you know, to levels that could potentially go and uh, upend some of those growth names, some of those bond proxies that have done so well in the low interest rate environment. But uh, you just look at the other uh, consequences. If the Fed was not to go and act, if other central banks were not to act to go and keep that uh, low, longer end of the curve uh, no, at very, very depressed levels, real interest rates uh, at very, very negative levels, uh, the recovery will be sluggish or be non-existent. So there's not going to be any two ways about it. They're not going to go and let yields go and rise by any significant degree. Nah, it's going to be so interesting. We pretty much have confirmation that Janet Yellen, the ex Fed Reserve Chair will be the new Treasury Secretary under a Biden administration. It's going to be really interesting uh, to see the play between her and uh, Jerome Powell, who still remains, of course, as U.S. Fed Chair. Cool, cool. <laughs> and, uh, there's no, yeah. no, no, she comes like she was a dove when she was in no power, uh, the uh, the Fed, and that's not really surprising given the circumstances, and was very slow to go and uh, start tightening rates. But, but safe uh, set of hands there at the Treasury, you got to say. Yeah, uh, look, I think it's a, it would be a great appointment. I know it's uh, what markets know; they understand how it's going to work. They probably like the idea that I uh, know it's going to be very easy when it comes to fiscal policy. Uh, so you know, when you're throwing what's the Fed's going to be doing uh, once the uh, United States gets on top of its horrendous health issues at the moment uh there'll be brighter days ahead brighter days that will be brought by a vaccine just um a side note i mean there are so many interesting stories in the market today but energy was really the standout performer it was on u.s markets overnight and um we spoke with heath moss from hlm investments and he says he wouldn't be surprised to see more upside in December on vaccine news and possibly some more FOMO. And uh, he's looking at oil prices, both from a short-term and long-term perspective. But he gave us a few stock picks to play the energy recovery story longer term. And he named a few companies here in Australia that are at the top of his list. He's a real believer, you got to say, in commodities and, uh, and, and the cycle that's to come that we're in right now of recovery. So just a... a PS to that. You can access that via the show notes. Is Technology, that, what? Was that high, high octane gains, he said? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, TNE, Technology One, it reported today 13% bump in full year pre tax profits. Lots of analysts like this one out there. Let's find out what Mark Moreland from Team Invest and Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool had to say about this one. Here's Scott Phillips to start. Those businesses that has just had a spectacular track record of continuing to deliver year on year on year, even with the stable ongoing growth. Our business growing, again, 13% announced today. Um, that doesn't justify a P of 42-ish, depending on what numbers you want to use as your base for that calculation. Um, you just can't get close enough to that number for mine. So I couldn't buy it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't run it to sell it if I've owned it, particularly because you've probably done really, really well for a long time. So the capital gains alone probably uh, probably preclude your selling unless you, it's overweight in your portfolio. But I couldn't buy it today, unfortunately. It's actually 99.5% stable. Oh, is that so, all? And that's yeah. for 20 years. Ah, oh, that's disappointing. So, so now we've, <laughs> when we started Team Invest about 11 years ago, yeah. TNE became one of our favourite uh, companies because we put a lot of weight on stability yep. and predictability. Yeah. Uh, it's also extremely low risk. Uh, it's been very, very well managed. Uh, the founder, founder Adrian DeMarco, mm -hmm. is still the chairman. Uh, yep. Edward Fung's the CEO now, who's been with him for about 10 years yep. uh, prior. And uh, it's just a brilliantly managed business, no debt. Okay. On a margin of safety, it's about 2%. Okay. So for me, it's a bit expensive. Yep. Uh, I've been a holder of this for you know since we started Team Invest. Yeah. And I've added whenever there's been good opportunities. And you do get opportunities. Yep. It, it was down at $4.20 a couple of years ago. 
TNE shares finishing the day up three tenths of a percent, underperforming the broader market. But both of those men, the men of the day on the call, thought it was just a bit too XE. Yeah, maybe a short in the five percent <laughs> fund, maybe. Maybe no. All right, let's uh, let's talk about. Well, we already mentioned that the house price data is coming up tonight. Tomorrow here in Australia, we get construction work done, eleven thirty, for the September quarter. We also get. International merchandise trade from the ABS. Yes. Nothing much to say on that front. Construction. No, not really. Know, gives no, us no, a look in. Yeah, construction work done. And we uh, give you some clues as to what's going to go and happen when the, the national accounts are released next Wednesday. So uh, always something you're going to keep an eye on. You're really excited about the uh, the CapEx data coming on Thursday. Uh, look, I'll, I'll share a bit of a secret from my, uh, my past day. So... Trading around the CapEx release was one of the easiest trades back during the mining boom to go make money, whether you're trading spot currencies or you're trading no rates. Um, because that figure, no matter what the, uh, so the, the algos and other people would go and react straight off what the, uh, the actual figures were for the quarter. The forward looking is what the markets used to go and, and write them. And, uh, I used to just clean up. It was my favorite release every quarter. I wish they did it every month. <laughs> it was so much fun, but that's why, that's why I've got a, a soft spot for the CapEx survey. Nothing, like in particular, but no, from an analytical perspective, always go and look at what's going on between the split between non-mining and mining investment. Yeah. And, and even that non-mining investment piece does miss out big portions of of the economy. I don't think healthcare is included in there. So there are, oh, correct me if I'm wrong, you're looking at me very funny. No, no you're right. No, <laughs> yeah, it, so. it, it only captures about 60% of, exactly. uh, of all business spending. So it's not, 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 not so a lot of agricultural side of things, no, education, a uh, lot, lot, lot of health. So yeah. a lot of those are no industries dominated by government as well. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's not the bee's knees when it comes to everything, but it gives you a good indication one way or another. Yeah, we all want to know about animal spirits in the business world. We want to know when they're coming back. I mean, that's a very Glenn Stevens uh, term I just threw out there, but, you know, the been thing, around the thing for a with, while. The thing with Australia, though, and this is something that we, we animal spirits, Policymakers have tried time and time again to go and do it, but about the only area where animal spirits is ever evident is in the housing market. It's, <laughs> that's because you've got so many you know, you know, policies, uh, financial uh, taxation policy, are all guided to go in and direct into the housing market. So potentially that's maybe a clue as to how to go and get animal spirits in other parts. You've got to go and do the fine. Well, time. now we got to let people people access their super to buy their first home as well. Oh God. Okay, we'll leave that there. We've got a great lineup of guests. This is my. Uh, my television presenter part of the session, but we'll be speaking with Marcus Bogdan, CIO at Blackmore Capital. And I love talking to these guys because they're always so clear about what they've put into their fund, what they've taken out, um, how the portfolio is weighted, and they're very candid about it all. Love having them on. Uh, Todd Warren, he is also another guest. We love love all our guests, but I always have a really good chat about commodities with Todd. He's from Tribeca Partners. And Charlie Jameson's as well from Jameson Coop Bonds. This is the first time I'm seeing this guest list. So there you go. Excited to talk bonds, uh, everything with uh, Charlie. And, you know, the list goes on throughout the day. So it's going to be another good one around here, Scotty. Boy, I wonder what this overseas session will bring us. Probably more gains if the uh, November has been any of you go by. <laughs> uh, another, another day of green on screen and probably spy features up half a percent when we walk in tomorrow morning. All right. Well, we look forward to it. Look forward to, um, yeah, look forward to tomorrow. See you then, Scotty. We'll see you for hump day. <laughs>